We are getting close to the end of chapter one of Philippians, um, but it has been so deep. And I hope that, man, you are beginning to even spend extra time uh, reading over this, uh, the, these passages on your own and letting God just begin to grow within you a new uh, perspective of the joy that you can have in your life. And more than that, that, that we can begin to express that joy. And today we're going to look at a way that God calls us not just to have joy, um, because it's not just about us, but that we would begin to live in such a way that we impact uh, those around us because of the joy that he has given us. So we don't all only want to talk about uh, how to be joyful, uh, but we want to um, look here today on uh, because of this joy that he's given us, what should our response be? And uh, so we're going to pick it up in Philippians chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 27. So let's, let's read starting in verse 27. He says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. So we see this charge that Paul gives uh, the church. He says, you know, he's been talking about uh, building up our love. He's been talking about understanding what God is doing and, and beginning to keep our eyes focused on, on the hope that he gives us. And so therefore having a joy within us. But this time it is a challenge. He says, only let your uh, uh, manner of life be worthy. In other words, now you need to turn around and live in such a way that is worthy of the gospel. And um, you see, this is where it's not just about us. Now we need to begin to say, okay, now I have a responsibility. It's not just about what God, what can you give me? Now I need to ask God, what can I do for you? What can I do for the kingdom of God? Um, it, it brings us back to that, that famous quote uh, that many of us know from uh, uh, John F. Kennedy uh, in his speech where he, he says, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. And this is what Paul is saying here. He's saying we need to stop living for ourselves. We need to stop just saying, God, give me joy. God, help me. God, do this for me. God, help me. And now we need to begin to put it into practice and to live a life that is worthy of what God has done, because God has answered our prayers. But I want to look at this word because it's it's not quite um, what we, on the surface, read it as. Um, he has used this word, or at least it's translated um, uh, this way in several areas, but it's not the same word. In fact, um, uh, this word that he uses for for live to live worthy. Um, it's only used twice in all of the New Testament. Um, uh, although Paul, in many other places, encourages people to live worthy. Um, uh, in fact, uh, we look in Ephesians 
chapter 4, verse 1. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Um, and so again, he's saying, I urge you to live worthy. That word is, is a different word. It's not the same thing. Um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse 12, he says this, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God. Uh, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Again, that is a personal uh, uh, focus on living worthy. What I do, I want to live right. I want to make my life worthy of what God has done for me, but not what he's talking about in Philippians. Uh, one more example in Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, it says, And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. Um, so again, uh, in all of these cases, the word he uses there is peripateo. And peripateo means uh, to walk. And, and some translation says walk in a, in a way that's worthy, uh, live in a way. It's talking about our personal life that we may please God by the way we live. And, and so it is a, it is a focus on um, uh, working on our lifestyle and um, following uh, the characteristics of, of Jesus, becoming more like him. And, and so it is that walk uh, or life uh, that focuses on our uh, individual uh, moral uh, and um, uh, character within us. But the word in Philippians, when he says uh, only uh, live in a manner worthy of the gospel, this word is not peripateo, but it is polituste. Polituste is a word that, uh, again, is only mentioned here and in, uh, in the book of Acts. And it has the idea, uh, as you can tell from the word polit, it's like politics. Um, it, it, is, uh, it is live in a way that understands who you are. Okay, this is not a individual character walk. It is not about doing what's right and, and not uh, uh, being a, a jerk, uh, but live right. This is not, this is uh, basically, if you were to translate it, and in fact, there are some translations that put it this way. It says, live as a citizen. In other words, realize that you are a citizen of heaven now. Okay, you're, you're not a citizen of this world anymore, and you need to live like it. Um, in other words, it, it's kind of like uh, the idea of you are now part of a team, and as part of a team, we need you to be part of the team. We need you to live and to begin to act and begin to pick up your role and, and begin to put it into practice. Um, there is a comment by one writer uh, who says this, it says, this word in its most common use refers to the individual person's responsibility to the political affairs of the state. Um, and of course, at that time, when you were a citizen, it is not how we think of being a citizen. When we think of being a citizen, we think about, okay, what rights do I have? And what, what favors do I get as a citizen? Well, back then, of course, they did not live under a democracy, 
the way we live under a democracy, but yet they still were citizens. But their idea, if you were a citizen, then you had responsibility to the state. The state was everything. See, in our, in our uh, understanding of government, we think the people are everything. The government exists for the people. Well, back in that day, the people existed for the state. Um, and, and so when he, and they understood this so that when he wrote this word, live worthy, what he was saying is live as a citizen. And a citizen understands that everything they do is for the state, that they need to live accordingly uh, to uh, meet their responsibilities for the state. Another uh, way to put this uh, and to, to think about it is, uh, and you can use lots of examples, but in a sports example, um, if you had been drafted by a professional team, you now had an opportunity to be part of the drive for a championship. But as you are drafted and then you sign with your team, they now expect you to be part of the team. That, that there are things that you need to do. You need to show up for practice. And then when we're in a game, we're going to count on you. You need to be where you're supposed to be or a play is going to break down or things aren't going to work. So we expect you to live in such a way that we drafted you to be. And that's what God is saying. I drafted you. I chose you. You are special to me. But now you are part of the team. And so Paul is saying, we need to begin to live as citizens of heaven. We are not no longer just living for our own life, but that we are part of this wonderful team called the church. And we are part of this wonderful uh, state called the kingdom of heaven. And God is building the kingdom. God is preparing uh, us for the final uh, uh, experience of that because it's not there yet. We're still uh, basically, um, even though we are guaranteed uh, to, to win the championship, to see the establishment of it, we are still in that uh, plan that God is working out. And so as God is working out this plan, Paul is saying, then you need to pick up uh, 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 your mantle and play your part. We need you to live in a manner that's worthy of this goal that God is building. Uh, we need to live in such a way that we are part of the plan of God. Um, and, and so it changes how we view uh, our life. So you see, this is not necessarily anything to do with um, us being good or following things. Now that is part of it. But really he's saying, we want you to live in such a way that you're part of the team and that you are part of making the team successful. In other words, God has given each one of us a role in building this kingdom of God. Um, and it's all different roles. You might say, well, I'm not a big shot. It doesn't take a big shot. I'm not big into racing, but maybe you've watched racing and even racing has a team. I know there's a driver but you know what? He cannot win that race without a team. Um, uh, he has his, his people that are on the radio that are giving him strategy. Uh, that driver has also got people when he pulls into the pit. Uh, there are sometimes people that you might say, I'm not important. I'm not a mechanic. Uh, I don't know everything. But you know what? There's a person who runs out and, and simply undoes the nuts on the tire so they can put a new tire on. 
Now, that's a simple job. But how many know that if he does not uh, uh, do his job right uh, and doesn't get the tire secured or the nuts undone, that driver uh, can wreck trying to even get out without the tire properly placed. So every little piece is important. And, and no matter who you are, you have a, a vital role uh, in, in this team, uh, as well as this team, part of this team as our church. And, and um, so Paul is saying, live, live worthy of your part. Begin to understand that you have a part. Begin to get involved. Uh, don't just sit on the, on the sidelines. Don't just say, oh, great, I was drafted onto the team. But then you never show up for practice. You never run a play. Well, what good are you? At some point, are you really part of the team? And this is what God is saying. Yes, I died for you. And yes, you've believed in me and you, you, you've asked me to forgive you. But, but ever since you did that, you haven't done anything with the team. And, and so therefore, um, uh, you are not uh, helping the cause. And, and so Paul says, if God has given you this joy and he wants to give you more joy, then we need to begin to live in that joy and begin to... Um, uh, uh, Pick up our part. Now, the words right before live worthy, in the ESV that I read, it says only, uh, only live worthy. Uh, that doesn't really, the, the, the verb, the adverb there uh, is one that it, it, it conveys intensity. Um, but it's not just intensity, it, it really means and in the NIV, this is how it translates, what I think is a little bit more accurate. It says, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. In other words, don't just live as a citizen. Don't just become who you are called to be. Take your part in the team. But it says, whatever happens, take your part. And in fact, the, the, the word there is very intense. And doesn't mean just in spite of what happens, just carry on. It actually means no matter what happens, even more so, we need you to be part of the team. When things go bad, we even more need you to step up. Um, when Many times, you'll see people that when things go bad in your life, that's when you never see them at church. They're, they're not part of anything. because And then they have their excuse, well, you don't understand what's going on at my home and it's so hard. Paul is saying when things get hard, that's even more so when you should be being part of the team. In fact, whatever happens, you need to be part of the team. We need you in the hard times just as much as the easy times. But when things go easy, you still need to be. Whatever happens, Paul is saying, you need to understand the team goes on. And so we've got to begin to make a commitment that when God chose me, I'm not going to let him down. And when he chose me, he chose me not to just sit at home uh, by myself, he chose me to be a part of the team. There's not one person who is saved to live their own life. Everyone was saved to be a part of a community, um, a, a group, a, a part of the body. In fact, that's why the Bible says every one of us are part of the body. And if we don't uh, help out the body, the body's going to be injured. Um, it, it's going to be uh, not as strong as it could be. So whatever happened. In fact, it says... Um, and we read this, that uh, don't be frightened in anything by your opponents, 
for this is a sign of uh, their destruction and your salvation. So this is what he's saying. He's saying you need to understand things are going to happen that are hard, but you need to stand up and be a part of the team even more so when hard things happen. Don't be frightened. Don't, uh, don't be knocked down. Don't be afraid of being hurt. In fact, when you're hurt, that's when you need to get up and be part of the team even more so. Um, there's no uh, IR list. There, there's no uh, uh, place for the sidelines because we're in a battle. Another, another analogy is it says that we're like an army. And how many know in an army, when the, when the enemy is shooting at you and you're part of the team, we need you shooting. We, can't, we don't need you, oh, I've got a sprained ankle. I, no, we're fighting for our lives. I know there are hurts, but when you are hurt, you still need to pick up your gun and you need to shoot. You need to fight against the enemy. And, and so we have this idea that whatever happens, when you're tired, uh, when, when you're struggling, when you're doubting, I understand you're going through those hard things. But live as a citizen. Understand that that is just part of the role. It's like any game. It's like any war. There's going to be ups and downs. But you can't stop fighting. In fact, we need you uh, to, to step up and begin to be part uh, of the team, to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. We are all citizens of the kingdom of heaven and we are working to see the kingdom of God take place. Not only do we see this intensity of whatever happens, but it also says when we live worthy, um, it says, I want to hear of you uh, that you are striving together. And here's the other thing. If we are to live worthy as citizens of God's kingdom and not of this world, if we have been changed and we are now new creatures, then we need to strive together. So not only do we begin to act like we're on a team, but we begin to work with the team. Uh, Paul is saying, if God has given you joy, then you need to begin uh, to stand side by side with some fellow brothers and, and sisters in Christ. We need to strive together. Uh, we talked a little bit about this on Wednesday as we looked in the book of Nehemiah, that as they were building the walls, uh, many of them uh, were afraid to get out there and build because there were enemies coming at them. And so Nehemiah said, okay, I'm gonna bring some other people around you and they're gonna hold the swords while you build the wall. And then you'll take turns while you're building, they'll hold the swords. And then some people, they're gonna have a sword and a shovel at the same time. But we are gonna work together to build this thing called the church, the kingdom of God, this thing that God is doing in this world. God is trying to offer hope and, and restoration to this world. And to do it, we need to do it together. Too many times we think, well, I can just be a Christian on my own. You know what? That's the type of person that someone on a team hates. How many know if you've ever had a favorite team, and there's always that, that one prima donna who thinks that they're better than anyone else. They're just going to play you know, their plays. When it's, when it's a play called for them, then they really hustle. But if it's not for them, they don't even uh, hustle. And you know what? The team hates them because it's like you're not helping the rest of us. There's times that you need to sacrifice so that the rest of us, you know, you might be a great receiver, but there's going to be times where you need to throw a block, where you need to put your body on the line for someone else coming up behind you. And this is what, what Paul is saying, you need to fight for one another. 
You need to begin to encourage one another. You need to stand side by side. This is why we need to be involved in a body, in a church. And all the individual churches are part of each other so that we as a church support other churches and, and, it, and so on and so on. But we need to strive together. And this is what it looks like to live worthy of the gospel because this is what the gospel is. The gospel is not just, I'm here to save you. The gospel is, I am here to restore the world because sin has broken everything that God created. And so we're in a building process of bringing it back together through what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus did the work on the cross that won the battle, but we now have to do the rebuilding. We have to be part of, of that process that God is doing. And so God is saying, you need to do it together. Begin to work uh, together. Um, you see, it is only uh, when we fulfill that duty that we really experience the joy of the Lord. So here's the other place that this word is used in the Bible. I, I mentioned it, it's in Acts. In Acts chapter 23, and this is when Paul uh, had been arrested and he was on trial and he was standing before uh, the, uh, uh, the Jewish uh, judges. And it says in Acts 23, uh, verse 1, uh, it says, Paul looked straight at the Sanhedrin and he said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. In other words, he was able to stand in front of him. He said, I know I've been arrested. I'm in prison. I'm going to prison, but that's okay with me because I am a citizen of heaven and I am fulfilling my duty. And we know that at the end, uh, Paul said, I've run the race. I have fought the fight. And now I have laid up for me a reward in heaven. You see what joy there is when we know that we have lived as a citizen do you realize who you are? You're not just a person in this world anymore. You're a citizen. You are a teammate of the kingdom of God. You are part uh, of this, this, this great body. And so I want to urge you, whatever happens, don't give in. There is no excuse to, 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 to stay, stay on the sidelines. But begin to understand that you are a citizen of heaven and let's live like it. And let's strive together. So what does that mean? What does it mean to live worthy? It's simply this, to, to always stand up for the kingdom. Are, are you always willing to stand up for the kingdom of God? That means, are you always willing to build the kingdom of God? Building the kingdom of God sometimes looks like Acts of kindness for other people. Building the kingdom of God looks like encouragement for someone who is down. Supporting the kingdom uh, many times means uh, expressing that when other people um, uh, are putting down the kingdom and that you're willing to stand up and say, man, my God is good. That there is a God and he died for me and I'm going to support him and I'm going to stand up for him. I'm going to build it up. You see, it is as we build the kingdom, it is as we support the kingdom, it's as we stand for the kingdom that we begin to take on that mantle that I am a citizen of this kingdom and I'm not going to be embarrassed. In fact, I'm going to be pr proud of it and I'm going to support 
what my God is doing. Whatever he needs me to do, then I'm going to do it. And that means many times praying, God, show me what's my part in all of this. Give me a part that I can play. Uh, It might be a small thing, just changing a tire. You know, maybe it's just helping at the church, whatever it is, but I'm going to do my part. There is something within me that drives me. I will be the best citizen for God that I can be. And as we do that, we begin to, first of all, reclaim our identity. You know what? There is joy in understanding who I am. I am a citizen of heaven. I don't care what happens in this world. I'm not a citizen of this world. God is my king. God is my Lord and he'll look after me and I am a citizen of that kingdom. But it's also reclaiming your call that I'm called to have a part in it. I am called uh, to to be a a important uh, piece that makes the kingdom happen. What an awesome call that God has called you to be a part of. But it also means to reclaim your purpose. And, and, And my purpose is not in myself, but it is in community. My purpose is to be a part of the body, to stand alongside others. Even, even when, you know what, it, it's a sacrifice for me because sometimes standing along other side, others means that I don't get what I want. In fact, I give up what would be good for me so that other people may succeed. It's like that, that receiver. I, I got to throw a block sometimes and get trampled on and get hit so that someone else gets all the glory. Maybe someone else gets the touchdown while I am laying on the ground from the block. But that's okay. I rejoice because we're all the same team. And we all get the championship when we win. So it doesn't matter. I am going to stand alongside one another and that's my purpose. And when we do that, then we can have the joy of following what Paul says that as citizens of heaven, whatever happens, I will live worthy of the gospel of Christ. I encourage you, will you live worthy of the gospel? Will you pick up your mantle and be the citizen that God has called you to be? Let's do it together and let's glory together because the victory is ours and we will raise that championship trophy and we're gonna celebrate together, but we need you. We need all of us together to live worthy to do our part, and then we will rejoice together. Let's pray.